this is Tony Ruggiero here on the Tour Coach. First of all, I want to thank all of you for listening and supporting the Tour Coach over the past several seasons. It's been a fun ride, and we've got some great stuff going on. Many of you may have seen the launch and the first little pilot episode of Pro Work that we've done in partnership with Bushnell Golf. That's the first in the series. It's been one of my ambitions, one of my kind of like projects and dreams for the past couple years to film an inside, authentic, behind-the-scenes look at how myself and the team of great coaches, teachers, fitness experts, and mental coaches all work together. At first, it was just with tour players, but now I want to show you how we work together. The Colby Tuyes, the Dr. Greg Cartons, the Mark Hackett's, Morgan Hales, Jackson Quartz, Dr. Scott Lenz, Dan Terleski, all of us at Old Palm and at our retreats work together to help golfers of all skill level and for it to be a real authentic, a real behind the scenes look, unedited, where you kind of see some of our discussions and some of the fun that we have. And so to kick this series off, we're starting a contest, okay? And that contest is going to be a, a social media contest for a Dew Sweeper Tour Coach giveaway. It's, we're going to do the drawing the Monday after Augusta. We're going to draw one lucky winner. The winner is going to receive one free trip to come see me and our team at one of our retreats, okay? So you're going to get a free entry to our retreat with a brand new Bushnell Pro XE rangefinder plus three custom fit Cleveland golf wedges and it wouldn't be a, a dew sweeper tour coach giveaway without some vineyard vines dew sweepers gear so here's how you enter a chance to win this fantastic opportunity to travel to come see us for a retreat with a bushnell pro xe rangefinder new cleveland wedges and a vineyard vines dew sweepers gear it's simple all you got to do is go on your social media so go to social media go to instagram and post a screenshot of your favorite tour coach episode okay Tag me at the Dew Sweeper, tag at Bushnell Golf, and tag at Cleveland Golf. Okay? Hashtag Pro Work, hashtag Tour Coach. Okay? I hope you're the lucky winner. If you go to Twitter, it's at Dew Sweeper Golf, at Cleveland Golf, at Bushnell Golf, hashtag Pro Work, hashtag Tour Coach. So wherever you are, whatever social media you use, tag me, Bushnell, Cleveland Golf, and hashtag. Pro work hashtag tour coach for an opportunity to win once again a retreat entry to come see me work with me and my team at one of our famous retreats plus a brand new Bushnell Pro XE along with custom fit three Cleveland golf wedges for you and your game and some Dew Sweepers Vineyard Vine gear. We're going to do the drawing the Monday after the Masters. Hope all of you enjoy this edition of the Tour Coach, along with some of the upcoming episodes. We've got some fantastic guests, some fantastic insight behind the scenes. But I promise you, check out our social media. Go to Bushnell Golf on YouTube. Find the first edition of Pro Work. Take a listen. Take a look. Tell me what you think. There's more inside, authentic, behind-the-scenes looks at our instruction, our instruction team. And so going to be some plenty of laughs as well, I promise you. So once again, this is Tony Ruggiero. I hope you enjoy listening to the Tour Coach. Hope you've enjoyed watching Pro Work. Take advantage of this opportunity. Once again, go on Instagram, take a screenshot of your favorite Tour Coach episode or, or the one you're listening to, and tag me at the Dew Sweeper, at Bushnell Golf, at Cleveland Golf, hashtag Pro Work, hashtag Tour Coach. Hopefully you're the lucky winner. Enjoy this edition of the Tour Coach, and hopefully we'll see you soon on the Lesson Team.
All right. Uh, so welcome, everybody. Joining me here uh, this evening on our Golf Coach Development Forum, as well as the Tour Coach Podcast. Uh, obviously, Jackson Porter. Uh, we're going to get on him a little bit for being a little tardy sending out the invite, but he was working hard today. And uh, and my good friend, um, one of the teachers I respect most in this business, uh, little known fact, I actually tried to hire him at one time. He would have been, he would have been, when Jackson got the job that you didn't want, Sean. And, uh, yeah, uh, but yeah. Sean, Sean Webb, Athletic Motion Golf, he's a golf magazine, top 100, golf digest, top 50. One of the people I respect the most, uh, I always tell people like everybody I think is a teacher needs somebody that you don't work with, that you like, but that you trust a bunch to bounce ideas off of and, uh, and, and send videos to every once in a while and ask a question like, Hey, do you think this stuff's crazy that I'm thinking or doing? And, and Sean's one of those guys for me, we've had plenty of good talks over beer or wine and, uh, solve some world problems so sean thanks for sitting in with us and uh i think this is going to be a good one for for everybody watching yep thanks for having me um i got a little bit of a migraine going so i'll do the best i can here i might be a little loopy right. a little loopy you're probably better loopy you'd probably be a little more entertaining. <laughs> but uh, um so let's start i wanted to start and look we got some folks watching and listening uh, feel free to type in a question the jackson will moderate it here but um I always start with folks like you. Let's let's talk about your journey as a teacher and a coach. Um, you know, when I first met you, you were running David Tom's Academy in Shreveport. Um, yeah, talk a little bit about your journey from where where you started in coaching to there to like, and then we'll come up to the AMG stuff. And I want to pick your brain on how you guys built that because that's a fantastic story. Because I think you would agree. I mean, you're a proof of it. There's just so many more ways to teach and coach nowadays than ever before. And there's also lots of ways to monetize it and help people from all over the world as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess my journey, I, I started playing golf when I was five. I was a pretty good little junior player up in Maine. We didn't get a lot of time to, to play during the year because of the weather, but um, we played whenever we could. And um, got to the point where I was, you know, recruited to play college golf up north, but I wanted to try to play it down south. So, um, and during that whole process, I got into a pretty bad car accident, hurt my back. So my college career didn't pan out, but I always was interested in helping other golfers. Like even on my high school golf team, I was helping the other guys. I always had my nose in a golf book or watching a video, trying to get better, figure out the swing. And um, once I got out of college, I decided I wanted to be in the golf business and, and teach golf. So the course where I grew up, I had won the club championship a few times and um, they allowed me to start teaching there. Um, I guess it's like 20 something years ago now I'm 45 I'm getting up there in age but yeah, um, yeah I feel old I uh, started teaching there and I really enjoyed it and then um, I got to the point where I was coming back down to Florida in the winters and um, I was able to uh, go to Orange County National uh, way mm -hmm. back when and and be one of their instructors on the range I spent some time working for Gary Gilchrist during that period um, and then out of the blue one day, I get a call from David Tom's agent. And uh, it's kind of it was the beginning of when things started getting a little bit better for me. He, he said, hey, I heard you're a great teacher. I want you to come out and see what I'm building out in Shreveport, Louisiana. And uh, I really wasn't interested at first because I really enjoy Orlando. I live here now again. But, you know, it's hard to say no to David. That was my favorite player. So uh, it was kind of surreal. He flew me out there. 
And uh, it was just a big piece of land and uh, it was going to be a driving range, but have uh, a nine hole par three course and, and a big clubhouse with, with the hitting bays. And he said, if you come here for a few years, I'll build you whatever you want. I'll support you and, and you can be the director of instruction here. And I took that job and that was probably the best decision I had made. And during that time, I'd, I had written a book with um, Mike, Michael Jacobs, another great teacher on all the lists. And uh, that book kind of took off and did well. And then I was doing well teaching at, the, at David's Academy, um, which leads us up to the point of athletic motion. So do uh, you want me to keep going on that, Tony? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, so so you, uh, so who were your mentors coming up? Obviously, Gary Gilchrist, who's been – he's had a heck of a career uh, – uh, you know, like, how did you, you know, what, a, tell, talk a little bit about some of the stuff you learned from Gary and, uh, and, and from some of the folks who were around there in the Orlando. I mean, I think that too, like, uh, you know, one of the reasons to be honest that I like enjoy spending so much time in South Florida now is because I think the more you're around great teachers and great players in an area, I think it's a whole lot easier to learn. Uh, and I would imagine being in Orlando in those days, however many years ago, I mean, in that hotbed where there were all those great teachers, I mean, there's a ton of teachers and great players on there. It had to be great for you from a development perspective. You know, it's a good point. So I tried to – I was always working on my own game during that, that period when I was down here when I first got into teaching. So I took lessons from everybody that I thought was <laughs> good. So I took lessons from Mike Bender, and then I took lessons for a couple of years from Brian Mogg. And then I took lessons from Kevin Smeltz down at the Ledbury Academy, and then they would let me shadow down there. And I got a chance to um, hang around Sean Foley a lot when I was at Orange County National. Then with Gary, I got to spend a couple of years with him as basically his number one assistant or a year, a year and a half, two years. And um, just you learn what you like, what you don't like, and just um, see how they go about their business and, and take the things you think will help and incorporate it into your teaching and I was lucky to be down here during that time because, like you said, there was so many good teachers. Absolutely. So, you know, before when I first started talking to you, was right before the AMG stuff. You guys had just started oh, yeah. doing it a little bit, uh, and I did. I did a few things with y'all. I put some videos out. Uh, you and Mike uh, filmed a few at the Country Club of Mobile, uh, but that was long. I mean, that was still a good bit before. Like it really took off. Like, I mean, it was, yeah. I mean, you guys were all only on YouTube. Yeah. Like, I mean, like the Instagram thing, of course, Instagram in general wasn't quite as big as it is now, but like, but it like, man, it happened fast. So how did you guys get the idea? I mean, I think it was ahead of its time. I think a lot of people try to copy it now, like, but like you guys to me uh, were not the first to put in, you know, stuff on Instagram. But for sure, some of the first that combine putting scientific stuff along with instruction out on social media, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, so I had the idea to do something online for many years. Um, I just thought the opportunity was there to help people from all around the world. And I, I kept thinking to myself, wow, these people are having a good experience with me in an in-person lesson. I wonder how I can parlay this into showing more people what I can do and how I can help them. And uh, I was randomly, uh, I think in 2014, sitting up in New York at a seminar with, uh, I think it was one of Jacob's seminars back then. And I randomly sat next to Mike Granado, who's my business partner now. 
and we're just talking about stuff. And we both realized we, we had an interest in online business and, and golf instruction in that regard. And I said, well, let me, show me your website. So he pulls up his website. It's just unbelievable um, website. It's exactly kind of what I was thinking I wanted. And I said, well, who did your website? And he said, well, I did. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Well, I was look, started clicking on some of the videos and the graphics and the video editing is unbelievable. I said, well, who did your video editing? He said, well, I did. So I knew at that point I'd found the right guy because Mike was a great teacher and he had all that ability, which is, you know, kind of the hard part when you're getting going. And um, from then on, we just decided we were going to start. We didn't really know what the hell we were doing. We were just going to start shooting videos and putting them out there and and, um, see what happens. And that was probably that time when it was kind of that we we were out there, but we were kind of slow burning. Right. So, um, one day I said, Mike, we need help with this. Like you and I are good golf teachers. So we think we are sometimes. And, uh, why don't we find somebody that knows how to do internet marketing, right. And, and get, get these videos out there. Cause we think they're good videos. And I searched out, uh, for a couple months and found this guy who was like the number one guy in, in the world, um, as far as sports internet marketing. And, uh, we, we make, we cut a deal with him and, um, that combined with this pros versus AMS thing that we came up with, which is kind of what we're known for is, right. is, is really showing 3d data to the masses. Uh, Cause a lot of people would think that would be too complicated, but we felt like we had a way to dumb it down a little bit enough to where the average guy could take one thing from the video and say, okay, I get it. And, um, and help them with their game. And those things combined with COVID where everybody was home and the business kind of did that thing. So so talk about the 3d stuff how did you uh you know you big with gears obviously i've bounced yeah. you're you're probably one of the people that uh, other than michael neff that i bounced the most gear stuff off of when i ask a question like people yeah. people finding out my secrets but I'll, I'll send you info you and i've talked plenty of times on the phone about what we see and so you uh, how did you and and to me you were one of the first people that was really into that that taught a lot um, and the thing I always liked about it was uh, because I've watched your stuff and I've watched you teach, we've been around each other. Like you understand and use that stuff, but listening to you, it doesn't sound like you're sitting in a laboratory and nobody can understand it. Yeah. You know, it sounds practical. How did you figure, how did you get, yeah. what turned you into liking 3d and gears and, and how did you start figuring out how to make it applicable to like regular people? Yeah, so I was always into the 3D motion capture. I had a K-Vessel years ago. Uh-huh. Um, it's gone through many iterations since then, but I had a really uh, one of the early models and went through all the training, and it was fascinating to me that, okay, we see a swing on video, but what's really happening in the body to, to create the swing? And um, I was just a, a nerd with it when, when it first came out, and I knew, okay, this is something I can kind of latch on to and started studying it. And uh, through the years, you know, I – I had the KVS, then I had an AMM system, and things kept evolving. And when I got to the to David's academy in Shreveport, he said, "What's what's something that we can get here that would kind of set us apart?" You know, everybody's got the swing catalyst, everybody has video. I said, "You know, I'd really like." It's only there's only a couple of them in the country. There was only one at the time. I said, "I really like to have a gear system. I really think this is." This is a, an amazing thing, and it gives it the experience to the uh, the lesson takers like off the charts because it's something different that not everybody has. And he, uh, 
he wore the gears logo on his hat the next two weeks and, and Michael Neff uh, helped us out with a system. <laughs> and um, that, that's how we got it. That's how we got the system. And it just comes, it just, Michael Neff came in, he set it up, he turned it on and said, there you go. There was no instruction manual. There was nothing. So I used it on myself for about three months. I would try, I would put the suit on and hit balls and try different things in my swing. I said, well, when I did that, what did the right arm do? And what did my uh, pelvis motion do? And did that, change the tilts and so I used I learned it that way and then I would look at some of the players in the system and see what they did what the good players did versus the the uh, average players and that's kind of how the whole thing got started and why I got super interested in it like what are these good players doing that the average person can apply and do I think that's a good lesson for people one learning to play trying to improve but also people you know listening to us that teach right like, I mean, because you remember the old days where we all had that V1 stuff where they had all the bottles that was back before the tour licensed everything and didn't let you yeah. steal them, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. Everybody, you know, I remember sitting at Wayne's computer and, uh, you know, or when I first got V1, but I remember, you know, sitting there, Wayne, everybody pull up. I remember Wayne Stewart Appleby. Always yeah, that was that one of the Stuart best things in there. Video from, <laughs> yeah. Right, from Stuart Appleby, and he was on the end of the range, I think, at Augusta. And, uh, um but, you know, like, you know, you could show people video of a tour player swing. But, like, to me, what you've done with gears helps people understand what's really going on in that golf swing and what they can take. How did you start figuring that stuff out? How did you – we're going into the pros versus Joes, basically, now, oh, yeah. which yeah. I think is, is genius. I think it's also – it's got to be the one of the most watched things it's also like, uh, I mean, I don't know about everybody else on this, but like, I always look at it and I, I mean, I steal some of your shit, right? Yeah, so yeah. Have at how, it. Did you, how did you, how did you start that? How did you, how did you kind of drift into the pros versus Joe's? And then I want to talk a little bit about some of the things you found that Joe's do that pros don't do and vice versa. So Mike and I, we had, we named athletic golf, uh, athletic motion golf. We had the name. And we had been putting out a few videos, but we, we didn't have a real hook for the business. Like, I felt like it was missing something um, to make us stand out. And we knew we had the gear system. We just needed a way to kind of show it in an in a interesting way. And um, we're on the phone one day, and I said, what a, remember that Pros versus Joe show that was on? I, just, I used to like watching that, you know, and then we would bounce that idea off each other for a minute. And I said, well, what if we did a Pros versus Ams and took maybe one thing per episode that the pro does that the amateur can apply and we can show the, the key differences using the gear system. I think that's a good way to showcase the system and kind mm -hmm. of um, show somebody how they can get better. And, and we put the first one out uh, on, on golf works, golf WRX back when yeah. they were asking for videos, they might still be doing that. And uh, we put that video out there and it was stayed like the number one video for like three months and they finally took it down. It, it got, it just, took off and I told Mike that you know after a, a few days of that I was like man this is something we can latch on to and it had right. some legs and, and um those are the videos that have gotten us our most views I don't know what we have now for total views but we get like a million views a month across all our channels which is pretty incredible you know and oh, uh, yeah damn that's a lot of people it, it, it's for, it's uh <laughs> it is when you really think about it it's a lot of people it's kind of amazing and, and before we continue into the, you know, the pros versus Joe's stuff too, I think one of the cool things is you've morphed that into 
schools where people come see you for that same basic experience, oh, yeah. experience right? And I've tried, I've done the same yeah. thing with the stuff I do. Like uh, people know me for the stuff on Instagram where it's got the fitness stuff and the mental stuff. And like, so people, uh, you know, yeah. not to the near that you have your viewers, but people come for those weekends, right? And so you've, how, how has that transition gone, right? They, they're bought, they bought into coming down and heck, I've, we've swapped yeah. students. I've had a zillion people that have gone to your stuff and then they've come to see me. Like yeah. how, how did that morph into the, the schools? So uh, that's, that's a great question. We, uh, we started getting so many requests to do these golf schools. We were just doing individual lessons mm-hmm. and, you know, we also wanted a way to kind of scale, scale the business easier and, you know, you can work with more people at one time. And uh, we decided um, to do a, like a two and a half day golf school in Orlando, which is where I live now. And uh, they would come in on like a Friday night, let's say at five o'clock and do gears and get their initial swing uh, review. And then we would take them to dinner and the next two days we'd work with them on the range and take them on the course. And uh, it's, it's worked great. I mean, it, the fact that you can take those people online, get those leads and get them to show up in person is, um, as, as, as you know, it's kind of a cool thing to be able to do. And um, people get a lot out of that. And I, they like the camaraderie of the schools, I think, when you get four or five guys together. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy teaching those schools as well for that reason. I always say this. I wanted your thoughts on this. Uh, Wayne and Wayne, my mentor, Hank Johnson, he used to always tell us about technology. I remember one time he said the technology is great if – when you're done with a person, you can actually show them that they got better. Right. There you, there you, you go. Know, yeah. Like gears. If a person's got gears, but they don't know how to actually improve a person doesn't do you any good to have it. Right. So that's where these weekends for you, that's where to me, it shows you like, cause I've had people come and they tell me the stuff y'all told them. And then you, and you can see that they've actually gotten better because they've actually learned to do it. But that's the tricky part about technology. Don't you think is like, you can't, I mean, it can measure and all that stuff, but if you don't actually change something with somebody, none of the shit look, gets better at the end of two days. Yeah, you know, you use the 3D system and the technology is kind of like the MRI. You need to get the picture of what's really happening in the swing. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know how to make a change for the better, that all the technology in the world is not going to really do you any good. It, you'll get, you know, it's a flashy lesson for the for the student, <laughs> but if they don't get better, you won't you won't see them again. Talk about pros versus Joes now. All right, so let's start with let's let's give out some stuff here. So, sure. if if you were to say, like, I mean, is there one thing that's that tour players do that like what's the biggest thing that's different between that and like a fifteen handicapper? And and then to follow that question up. And folks listening, if you've got any, type them in. And Jackson, if you've got a question or Wayne, please ask. But like, then also, is there one of those things when you're doing the research? I'm always interested in like when you do the research, like something that the pros did way better that like surprised you. You know, did you ever find something that surprised you that maybe you didn't think that they did that much different? I didn't think about that one. The first one's easy for me anyway. When I think about all the people that have come through the trail arm mm-hmm. motion on the backswing. It's, it's probably one of the key differentiators between good and bad players. You know, we've got about a billion dollars in earnings in our gear system with total, total earnings. So we've got a good database of players and 
you know, the width of that right arm makes a huge difference in, you know, not only the kind of the, where the club sits at the top, but when the, when the arm stays wide, the person's forced to use their body more. And, you know, that that's always a good thing. And uh, that's probably the number one thing I would, if I said there's one thing that I changed the most is, Hey man, you got to get your right arm wider. And that, that goes from amateurs. Like I had Scott Stallings in here. I don't know. A few weeks ago uh, via Scott. Yeah. And just getting the trail arm wider. Um, you know, you, you tend to get a little lazy sometimes and your body stops working and, you know, you, you have to get the club up somehow. And, you know, you can see it with your average golfer, just pumping the arms like this straight over the top instead of using the, the, the body to turn and, and keeping this wide. And you can, you can um, help a lot of people just with that. That's, that's good. That's really good. What about anything, anything when you were doing the research or when you're sitting there and you're analyzing pros versus Joe's, anything surprise you? Anything? Well, what about this? Anything amateurs did better than you might've thought they would have done? Let me think about that. You know, one really interesting one, is uh, how much faster off the ball, initially off the ball, a lot of the good players are because we can measure hand speed. Uh-huh. So like more like a, like a more ballistic move off the ball and then the club just dies into the top where a lot of the, the higher handicappers that we've had, they try to take it back slow and then they have to kind of bounce the club up into the top and uh, they miss that first part of the backswing. They can get some energy pumped into the swing. What about what about backswing turn like rotating into like so I'm big yeah I like and now I mean I hope you don't tell everybody that I don't know what the hell I'm doing here hope I'm not wrong but like I like getting people to wind up into their trail side into their trail leg what are some common things you see that the the tour players do as far as turning into their back leg and what the pelvis does going back is there a lot uh, of stuff where it twists and drifts back towards the target I, I'm not a big fan of that. I know some folks do it, and I mean, I don't yeah, think so they're already good, but what do you think? High percentage of players, you know, will shift off the ball just a little bit in the early part of the backswing. Mm-hmm. So they'll have their max, they'll have their weight maxed out on the right foot about halfway back. And then from there, as the club's finishing, a lot of the good players in, in our database will kind of drift back a little bit. Like, okay. uh, like, like, a, like a motion that has some flow to it, like right and then drift back and then unwind. When they, when they start that drift back, is it the whole body or is it just the lower body shifting? Uh, a little bit of both. A little bit, a little of, both. bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The shot shape that they play affect, affect how they do that? Like, would a guy that fades? It can. It, you know? It could, yeah, it definitely could. But if you're just looking at baseline motion, it's kind of a – the way we teach is a shift, turn, shift, turn like that. And it right. gets this kind of um, figure eight kind of motion. We've got some okay. videos on it if anybody ever wants to check it out. I'm sure that – Jackson, you got any questions? <clears throat> yeah, I kind of wanted to ask – I think it's always cool when Tony talks about how he uses technology to verify some of the things that he's taught and learned – and uh, from his old mentor, Hank Johnson, especially, and how that's kind of filtered down to what he coaches. I was curious if there's anything from like Sean Foley or Gary Gilchrist or Brian Mauger, the guys that you had shadowed under, where then when you got to use the gears that like confirmed it or maybe like changed your perspective on some of the the things that you had learned from them. Yeah, and I'm not going to name any names, but um, I was taught a really flat hip turn. Um, super, well, at the time I didn't realize it was flat. So 
basically once I got on gears and figured out kind of what I needed to be doing, my hips were overturned, turned too flat, and they were shifted too much toward the target at the top of the backswing. So very difficult to generate any kind of ground forces like that. And uh, so that was the main thing. I was like, I was, I was doing that totally wrong. And, and I taught myself into the, the way that I think it should be done. And I'm a better ball striker now than I've ever been just because I've got access to better information. It's, it's, it's kind of right there in front of you if, you if you study enough good swings. That's good. Any questions? Any other questions from anybody? Wayne, anything? Give me some business questions. I like talking about that. He likes business. All right. So, okay. So, business. So, like, I mean, so you build up all these Instagram people, right? Like, yeah. you got yeah. eight zillion of them. Like, how do you turn that? How do you turn? So, like, I remember you gave me advice on it with YouTube. I called you the one time and, you know, I've built it up and, we've talked Instagram stuff. And so like, what's the number, like where, where is it that you get a number of people to where it starts being where you can, like, you know, it's viable to generate revenue from social media, like what, you know, and how do you do that? So basically the, the name of the game, you use social media to, to generate leads and leads are email addresses basically. Okay. Mm-hmm. In the grand scheme of things. So you need a way to collect email addresses and build your list. I don't know what ours is now, like 50,000 or something. It's a pretty large email list of golfers that are interested in golf instruction. So if someone's on Instagram and they have followers, you need to send them to like a page where they can put their email in to get a free video lesson from Tony about how to turn into your trail hip or whatever. Collect that email address and you can market your programs and services to them forever. So that's, that's the name of the game. Now, we get paid from YouTube because we have enough um, views. We get a pretty nice check from them every month. But that's just a very small portion of our income. It's, it's, not, it's the main way to make money on, on, through social media is to get your own leads, build your email list, and then create programs and services and, and sell it to them. I use, I mean, mine, I don't have anywhere near as you, but I got about 15,000 followers. And like, okay. that's one, that's my biggest way. That's my biggest way of that people come see me. Like, I can't tell you how many, I mean, I bet you 80, 60, 70% of the people that come to retreats and we're talking like now it used to be just kids, but we're talking like people that are 63, four years old. And they're like, yeah. Oh, I watch you stuff and I follow you on Instagram. And I was like, man, I didn't, man, I didn't. my Dude, dad ain't no surprised, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, no, it's so, great. It's such a good thing about social media. It's free advertising. If someone's got enough hustle to put the videos out there, you can right. generate those leads and get people coming in and spending money. Jackson, you got any more questions about the business side? Mm-hmm. Let's see if anybody sent in. I haven't had any sent in yet. Okay. Um, Y'all are quiet today. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I just love the pros versus Joe's stuff. And I think like, to me, I always look at the stuff too, also from an educational perspective. Like I wish 20 years ago when I was starting teaching or whatever it was, like that there was that type of stuff out there, you know, because I just think for a young teacher, somebody starting like one, it's it's solid information because it's based on the stuff you found in years and it's what yeah. good play do. Also, you're very consistent with it. I mean, and I don't mean that as a, like, 
the message is very consistent in what you like people to do. You don't jump from yeah. bad to bad. Like if you go back and look at your stuff from two years ago, it isn't going to contradict the stuff that you're mm-hmm. putting out today. Right. And no, I, think that's sign, I think that's the sign of a good teacher though. Like, I mean, we, and we're not calling out names, but there's people who the stuff they were teaching two years ago, isn't even damn close to what they're teaching today. Up exactly. there teaching today isn't going to be the same shit they teach in two years. Yep. No, hundred percent correct. That gives the, uh, the student trust in you and they come back a couple of years later and you're giving them, you know, the same lesson, maybe taught in a different way. Cause they, they went back to their habits. Uh, absolutely. So when they, so as, as, but like, as you guys have evolved, you haven't changed the message Has your understanding or maybe the way you explain things or stuff like that changed. Yeah. And you know, we've shot so many videos now. I wouldn't even dare to guess how many hours of camera footage we've no, shot. No. You just get, you get better at delivering the message. Like we pretty much do every single video in one take. There's no redos. We just, we have a topic, we write it on a piece of paper. And he said, do you want to start? Do you want to start? And <laughs> we just, that's it. We, we turn the camera on and we can shoot for, you know, we'll shoot all our content in big spurts. Like we might shoot for two days straight and shoot 15 videos. And mm-hmm. then uh, Michael and we have Mike plus our video editing team that will handle all that. But uh, yeah. The fascinating thing though, to me is that you started out just you and Mike, like obviously it's grown uh, bigger, right? You got staff yeah. and all that. But I remember like, you know, when you came that first time, it was, you know, I mean, the first time was Mike and you, you know, one other guy like holding the camera. Right. right. Yep. Yep. You know, but, but yeah, that's it. That's the, you know, we shoot, we shoot content. Now it might be me and Jackson or Wayne or Mark Hackett and uh, Dan Terleski down at Old Palm and Morgan. And it's just one person with a camera and we just stand out there. And I also think the stuff that people like is that it's authentic, like your stuff, you can tell it's you, you're just freewheeling it and say what you think. It's not a canned speech and it's not written necessarily and rehearsed. I think that adds, I think the more you're authentic, I think the, the better the teacher you are and the more people respond to it. Yeah. And you have to be you like on camera, it doesn't come through correct, like mm-hmm. the right way. If you try to be someone you're not, it wouldn't come through the same right. way it does right now with your videos. So yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And I remember the first time I got on camera, you, you're nervous. And if some of you are thinking about trying to start shooting some videos, just start shooting them and you get better. Every single one you do, you get a little bit better, just like everything else. And um, after a while, you kind of, you know, pro at it and it's, uh, you'll notice the difference in the response you get from the uh, audience. We have, did we have another question, Jackson? Yeah, we've got a question. Um, Sean took a gig as a new director of instruction at a private club this spring, coming from teaching at a resort facility. Any business ideas to execute in the first year to hit the ground running with new membership? Uh, let me look at that. Let's see, he, he just got a new job at a, a private club. Yep. Um, geez, if I was at a private club, I would be just walking the range every day till I got busy. I mean, if that's kind of the, I don't know what he has access to as far as the email list and all that, I would get my hands on the email list and re- introduce <laughs> myself to everybody. And I would start shooting videos and maybe have, see if the club will put out a, a weekly tip from the golf teacher, uh, golf instructor, or maybe a link to your Instagram and just do a tip just for them every week. And uh, yeah, walk the range and play with people when the season opens up and you'll, you'll be plenty busy. If you're just, if you're really there to help people, you'll, you'll always be busy. I think Besides you- your... 
I was just going to say, Sean, like I yeah. do like a bi-weekly email blast to, you know, and I've approved yeah. obviously email database, but like, I think that's critical when you go to a new place, right. To be able to, if you can send a video tip out to all the members, right. Like, you know, that entered, you know, where it's like a tip once a month, twice a month, whatever it is. And then just a little written thing. If the club would do that for you, I think that would be huge. That's huge. For you building your membership, right? Because it would let it would give them some content. Everybody's looking for content, and I think private clubs have a need for it also because they've got this membership, and they need to put stuff out. I mean, how many times can you put out the breakfast buffet, what it is, or whatever? You know, you need to. Yeah. So <laughs> think, yeah. You know, I think video, send a video buff. I think send a video tip, just feel like you said. And now, I mean, you know more than about me, but like shit, that new iPhone's so damn good for sending a tip out to a membership. You could film yourself with a tripod and a new iPhone. Hey, Tony. Um, yeah. You should, you know, talk to them a little bit about, you know, things like you and I've done. Um, you're great at it. When you have the little question and answer with the, the membership, they'll have a little wine and cheese, charcuterie board. And, you know, invite the members and they can sit in and ask you questions. I mean, you're good with the mic in your hand. And that's that's proven good everywhere you've ever gone, you know, to have those those little nights. I mean, a private club would probably certainly love to do that for, for a new yeah. guy. You know what I mean? And, yeah, because you know, it opens up the bar for them, right? It opens right. up the bar. And I've always done these golf academy lives, I call them, or we did fireside chats and invite another golf teacher that you have access to in and sit up there in front of them, have you a couple beers, talk just like we're talking and then, you know, and then let them ask questions. I guarantee you, you'll pick up three, four lessons doing that. Right. You know, the whole deal about a private club is just getting to be friends with the members of the club. And I mean, no better way yeah. than, you know, meeting them at a cocktail party and getting a little interaction going with them. I mean, that's, that's always been great for you T. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think that's huge. I think the more you're in front of them and showcase that like Sean, I thought said it perfectly, like you got to care about it. And then you also got to be good at getting them better. Like people will take a chance on yeah. you for a lesson. But if, if, if you're not any good at making them better, you're not, you know, you're not going to be successful, but you gotta, you've got to, uh, and, and I think, you know, especially if you go into a place where they haven't had much activity and they haven't had much instruction, if you go in there and, you come in prepared and you've got some programs and then you're throwing videos out at them and they've never had it. You're going to look like a superstar. Exactly. Right. Just go a little bit above and beyond. Yep. Jackson, anything else? Is there any program, Sean, that you've had success with besides the golf schools through your, through your online presence or anything that, um, that you've built up over time with that? Yeah. So we've got, Man, we've got a few different um, revenue streams as far as lessons go. So we have a program that's uh, $25 a month. That's just lessons, uh, just videos behind a paywall, some basic ones. We have a program that's 150 a month where they get um, more organized swing instruction and they get access to a forum, which is they can post their swing once a week. And then our highest level is 1500 a month. And uh, we, Mike and I each keep about 20 to 30 the guys in there and um it's busy constantly um so that one has turned out really good and then we have something called i lessons which are just videos that people send in 
you take your time and do your voiceover and send them back. And those are like, I think we charge like 179 or something. So all those streams of income have come directly from being on the internet and just putting out videos and putting out videos and, and, and on a regular basis. And you can kind of build that whole business model up that way. That's awesome. That's, awesome. That's great stuff. Everybody can learn. Yeah, Sean, first of all, I know you, you know you had a migraine, so thanks for taking the time. No, to do no that. problem, man. Um, the pleasure. Second, thanks for uh, thanks for you know helping everybody out. And third, thanks for all the years of listening to me and giving me advice and and keeping me out of the gutter a time or two. And uh, I appreciate yeah. it. And, and and congrats on all the success. Well deserved. You're a hell of a teacher. Yeah, but you're a better guy. And um, I appreciate when I get it, man. I may go to Orlando next week, so I'll give you a shout out. So speak of the devil, just uh, we're so I haven't really announced it too much, a little bit. We um we're about to finish and it might be done when you're here. We've got nine trackman bays uh up here in Winter Garden, which is about 20 minutes outside of Orlando. Yeah. Um, you know, full video gears, get uh, forest plate, Sam Putt Lab. It's gonna be kind of a performance performance center. So I need uh, you're in town, you have for free. I need eight of them for a week free. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd love to have you come in. So uh, let, make sure you hit me up. We gotta have you. Come I will in. do it. I will do it, guys. Thank you for everybody for participating. Thank and you, listening. Sean. Thanks for doing this, buddy. We'll catch up soon. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this edition of the Tour Coach and this conversation that we brought to you about playing, learning, and teaching the game of golf. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Tour Coach. In between now and next week, make sure you follow us on our social channels. You can always find me at the Dew Sweeper on Instagram or go to our YouTube page where you'll see a scene and a video from my teachings daily on our YouTube channel. You can find that by looking up Tony Ruggiero and the Dew Sweepers on YouTube. Until then, make sure you follow and check out Everything Tour Coach and all our sponsors, Shrixon Cleveland Golf, Bushnell, Vineyard Vines, and Buick GMC. I'll be back next week to help all of us appreciate, learn, and enjoy the game of golf.